0: Welcome back, Rick Hogan, finishing off another edition of uh, Sunday Papers, or After Hours, or whatever we used to call this. It was Sunday Papers. This show has had a million different names. A few months ago, I I think it was a few months ago, or maybe even a year ago, I saw one of the most fascinating films I've I've watched in as long as I can remember. It's called Roy's World. Uh, The filmmaker is named Rob Christopher, and I met him, too. Rob, how are you?
1: Hey, Rick! It's so great to uh, be talking with you. What an honor to be on your show. It's no honor. <laughs>
0: yeah, I thought our great honor was having people buy us free drinks at Gene and Giorgetti when we were out <laughs> there. With- with Barry Gifford. Uh, the, the film is about the writer Barry Gifford, who, and Rob and I have talked about this uh, separately, not on the radio, that Barry Gifford is is so rarely thought of, Rob, as a Chicago author. And I, I'm confounded after seeing your film, Royce, where why that is. Why do you think that is?
1: Well, uh, you know, I think Wild at Heart is his most famous a work of fiction, Mm -hmm. and of course, that's very closely identified with the South, Sure, and a sort of um, southern, fried, uh, noir, gothic kind of a feeling, so, you know, the fact that he has written these series of stories over more than 40 years, which is done in Chicago, was a surprise even to me, and uh, I'm a big uh, devotee of his work, so when I first came... When I first came across this work, I was like, wow, more people need to know about this stuff.
0: How did you first come across Barry's writing?
1: Well, uh, the short answer is I'm a huge David Lynch fan and okay. have been since, uh, since I was far too young to be watching David Lynch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, he's ruined you forever, Rob Christopher. Uh,
1: but uh, Lost Highway and Wild at Heart were two of my uh, you know, favorite films of that period. And so when I learned that uh, Barry Gifford was involved with both of those, uh, I sort of delved into his background, and it was just a delightful surprise to realize that, wow, here's a guy who's been writing about Chicago this whole time, sort of uh, under the radar.
0: You, you met him, you interviewed him, you, 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 you came here to Chicago to go to the School of the Art Institute and later graduated from Columbia. And you, that is sort of when you discovered Gifford, and you you were so taken with him that you interviewed him for God. I love the Chicagoist, a late lamented publication, yeah, called the Chicagoist. But then you met him when he came to Chicago, and this is how close you and I are. He came to Chicago and, and to participate in a play at Steppenwolf in 2009, which I was also in. It was kind of a, uh, a Nelson Algren live 100th birthday celebration. And that's the first time I met Barry, and I, he's easy to fall in love with, isn't he, Rob?
1: Uh, what a wonderful evening that was. Yeah. I mean, Ooh. You've got him, you've got you, you have Willem Dafoe on stage. Um, The late Martha Levy, Russell Banks,
0: Don DeLillo, uh, editor Dan Simon. And it was it was uh, Dan had just republished a collection of some of Nelson Aldrin's previously unpublished works. And the highlight of that for me, Rob Christopher, who is the director of Roy's World, the highlight for me in that thing was Willem Defoe reading that story about the boxer I am, I am I was on stage and I almost fell off my chair. Remember that
1: Oh wow, What uh. a moment oh, uh. you know I mean that's he's such an amazing actor and so when when I was able to um involve him in my project uh, to read some of Barry's stories in the film, you know I had to pinch myself. <laughs> to, uh, this, to uh, confirm that this was actually happening. I mean, it's such an amazing gift for the filmmaker to be able to work with an actor of that caliber.
0: Well, and also, uh, you know, with uh, Matt Dillon and uh, and a couple others who are also in the film, when you started to conceive of the film, Rob Christopher, you... Uh, it seems to have gone, did it not, fairly fast for a... I know people who've been working on films for like 15 years and are still at
1: it. This this was pretty fast, yes? It was about uh, three years, which, mm-hmm. yes, everyone tells me is very fast for a documentary. For me, it felt kind of slow, to be honest, but... Yeah.
0: Well, I don't doubt that.
1: <laughs> it's just I think it's just because I was so excited making it that I was, you know, so eager to sort of continue that journey of making it and, and get to the end.
0: How did you pitch that? How did you conceive of it? And did you have to, I, I'm assuming at one point, you had to say, Barry, uh, Barry Gifford, I would like to make a movie of your early formative years in Chicago. Is that basically... Yeah,
1: well, Basically, I I told them what I didn't want it to be. I said, I don't want a lot of talking heads in the movie. Mm. I don't want you to be like sitting behind your desk on screen, you know, doing some fake scribbling in a notebook or anything like that. I want it to really be completely rooted in the late 40s to the early 60s so that the audience basically feels like they're living through that period and your stories as you're watching the film. And luckily, he was really on board with that approach.
0: Wow! And you have—I mean, the film is—we'll talk, you know, after the, the break in about five minutes about the details of the thing. Who you know, the striking, the striking animation and the amazing jazz soundtrack too. Uh, this is done pretty well. It's going to be—I should tell all you people—there's a screening next Sunday at 7 p.m. at where Alt, the music box theater you can also go to roysworldfilm.com to get other information to see a trailer this film i, I suppose i was among the first to see it uh, some time ago but this film has started to to get a real great critical reaction from other screenings you've had across the land hasn't it rob christopher
1: Well, we had the um, interesting fortune of premiering on February 28th, 2020 at the Glasgow Film Festival. And we thought, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to, you know, do a whole world tour and (laughs) everything.
2: Uh And then
1: like three weeks later, the world shut down. Right, right. It's actually been a slower rollout than we anticipated. But um, if you come to the Music Box show on Sunday, we'll be revealing some pretty... Exciting news about the future of how you'll be able to see the film.
0: Well, I, I'd be—I'm terribly excited about that. You're going to be—you're going to be at the screening, and you're going to be in conversation after the screening with who?
1: Well, uh, my uh, producer, Michael Glover Smith, who coincidentally co-authored a book with your previous guest, Adam Seltzer.
0: I know, I, I know. This is like <laughs> the ultimate—the ultimate small world show. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they wrote this amazing book about their uh, history, the early history of motion pictures in Chicago, Yeah, Flickrigg Empire.
2: Mm.
0: What did you get out of Columbia College? Did you get a lot out of it? (laughs) No, I'm serious. I'm I'm dead serious about it.
1: You know, I know Columbia's changed a lot since I went, but I, I always go back to what David Byrne mentioned in an interview once, which is that College is an expensive way to meet like-minded individuals, and that's the most you should expect from it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did I did. You... I did meet a lot of great people. Um, my college advisor, uh, Daniel Andrews, who's a producer at WTTW, sure, is a really, sure. fantastic mentor for me. So, yeah, I I, I don't regret going at all.
0: Now, when you, to conceive of this, you, you do use, well, I'm, you know, let's take a break now, if that's okay with Krista. And then you come back and we'll start to talk specifics about the film because it is among the most compelling documentaries I've ever seen. Because it uses a lot of the words of Barry Gifford's writing and some stunning, stunning illustrations And stuff from his stories, and it's basically autobiographical. And there's a lot going on in this film, and I want to get into more details with its director, uh, Rob Christopher. So we'll take a break and come back and dig deeply into the film, Roy's World, which is screening uh, next Sunday, next Sunday at 7 at the Music Box Theater. And you can also get more information at Roy's World film.com. So hang on, Robin, we'll come back, okay? Sounds great. The film Roy's World, Barry Gifford, Chicago, which you can see next Sunday at 7 o'clock at the Music Box Theater is the work of uh, writer, director, co-producer Rob Christopher. The other producer is Michael Glover-Smith, who who has co-written a book with Adam Zelzer. It is the story of a little boy A boy named Barry Stein in the film, and his mother, who's a former Texas beauty queen, his father, fascinating guy there, is a pharmacist who ran a drugstore that many of you remember at the corner of Chicago Avenue and Rush Street. Uh, It travels to, you know, there are mob ties involved, there are travels to Miami, Havana, New York, Acapulco, sometimes little Roy goes with. It really is, Rob Christopher, an incredibly compelling uh, story. I compared, it, I think, when I wrote about it to the you know, Hemingway's Nick Adams story, but I think it's even better in many ways because it's so it's so Chicago, don't you think?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the things that really attracted me about the stories when I first read them is uh, in his stories, Barry. Buried- Pays very close attention to the actual geography of the city. Yeah, but then he uses his his uh, childhood as the sort of um, uh, food for creating these fictional worlds, uh, you know, which are really based on that particular time and place.
0: Yeah, and was it difficult to get? You don't use them often, but you do use some old uh, photographic stills. Was it hard to
1: find those? Actually, it was harder to narrow down because. Oh wow. You know, once once I first started looking, I thought, well, you know, there, there's probably not going to be that much. But right. After two years of archival research, it was it was like, wow, there's so much here. I could just spend the next ten years pouring through all of this stuff. Mm. So at a certain point, you have to just you have to decide what's working for the film, what's working for the story, and just try to not. Think about all the stuff that
0: you haven't looked at yet. <laughs> it does, and you know this, Rob. You know this better than I. You're a filmmaker. This this film has a a remarkably distinctive look. It is unlike, frankly, any other documentary film I have ever seen. You've seen incalculably more uh, films than I. Is it? What, were your in, what was your inspiration for the visual look of this thing?
1: Well, my sort of touchstone was this lovely film by this British filmmaker, Terence Davies, who, whose work I love. He did this amazing uh, sort of uh, personal uh, autobiographical film essay about his childhood in Liverpool in the 1950s mm. called Of Time in the City. And while I didn't want to exactly replicate that movie, I thought, oh, well, this is a very fruitful template for something what I'm trying to do. Mm. So I sort of used that as my jumping off point. But the, the, the guiding principle was always, you know, what would it have been like to be in that time and place? What would it have looked like? How would it have sounded? What what it has felt like to be a kid, you know, growing up. In sure, at that time.
0: sure. Well, you you collaborated with I, the the soundtrack. It's a really, I think, heavily jazz infused soundtrack. Who did the soundtrack, and how did you make that collaboration happen?
1: Well, that all of that credit goes to Jason Adeshavitz, who's a, a brilliant Chicago jazz player and composer. Uh, plays the vibes. And, uh, we actually recorded the music before I even started editing.
0: No. Wow. He,
1: uh, yeah, I, I, I gave him a copy of, of the book and he poured over that. And then we talked about some moods that I thought would, you know, be present in the film. And so he wrote about eight different tunes. Then we went into the mm. studio over a couple days and just recorded them every which way. And so that sort of became my music library as I was uh, crafting the film. Oh, and I do have to say yes. that uh, much to my excitement, the music is going to be released as a soundtrack album ah. uh, by Corbett versus Dempsey, a local record label uh, whose work is always amazing, and that's going to be coming out uh, early next spring.
0: Oh, you'll have to come back and talk about it when it comes out. You also have the, the – the given that, as you just said, you found more photos and more archival stuff than you uh, ever imagined, but you also rely very heavily and strikingly on animation by two very talented uh, animators. How did that happen? What made you say – well, okay, I, I don't like these photos. I want more than photos. I need animation to capture or punctuate the mood. What, what was the thinking behind the animation?
1: Uh, well, uh, there were a couple stories I knew that I wanted to keep basically intact, you know, from beginning to end. Sure. And I thought that an animation animated segment would be a great way to sort of keep the story completely intact and also kind of shift the film into a new sort of visual mood. Yeah. So I was I was really blessed to uh, uh, have uh, many people recommend uh, the animator Lily Carré to me, and she did a beautiful black-and-white piece, and then she uh, recommended a friend of hers, uh, Kevin Eskew, mm-hmm. to do another animated segment. So between the two of those, you know... Most of filmmaking is just about finding the right collaborators yeah, and then good, just letting good. them do their thing.
0: Yeah, good point, good point. The other thing that uh, really highlights this uh, film and uh, give it gives it punctuation throughout are the voices of uh, aforementioned Willem Dafoe, Matt Dillon, and Lily Taylor. How did you get them... Uh, <laughs> how, I mean, those, I mean, Willem Defoe, they're all major stars. And you're a, you know, Chicago based documentary filmmaker. How did that go? How did that start?
1: Well, Barry knows everybody. Yeah. So when he was on board, you know. One day he called me up. He just made the offhand suggestion. Oh, you know, let's get Willem Dafoe to read a couple <laughs> stories for your movie. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, and sure. then a couple of days later, he called back and said, you know, we should get Matt Dillon to read some stories, too. Mm-hmm. So he he was able to plug me directly uh, into contact with them, uh, which is, you know, there's no way I would have been able to get them for the film any other way.
0: And Lily Taylor, and then, too. They all, they all, and tell me I'm wrong, Rob Christopher, the director, co-producer, and uh, writer of this amazing film, Barry's World. The uh, They donated their time and talents, did they not?
1: Yeah, they did. They wow. Did. Um, uh, obviously, because of Wild at Heart, uh, you know, Willem Dafoe sure. plays Bobby Peru in the film, and is just extraordinary. And uh, Matt... Dylan and Barry collaborated on a film called City of Ghosts together. So both of those actors knew his work really well. Uh, they were more than happy to um, lend their time and talent to it. And I, I really wanted to get Lily Taylor for the film, but I didn't have a way to, like, you know, get in touch with sure. her. Sure. But luckily, she and Matt had done a film together, Factotum, huh. uh, from the Charles Bukowski book, right?
0: So, right, right.
1: Um he was able to connect me to her directly, and I'm so happy that she's in the film. She has this amazing Illinois accent. Uh, she grew <laughs> up in Glencoe, which just works beautifully uh, for the story.
0: How was it? You had, you obviously had to fly, You know, though they weren't uh, demanding any money or anything for doing what they do, but you had to obviously fly to them, did you not?
1: Well, that's, you know, that's the beauty of uh, modern technology is it was just me and my digital recorder and a lavalier mic, and I was able to record all of them in their apartment. Basically. Wow. Wow. You didn't even have to go to a, you know, expensive sound studio or anything. It was just very relaxed, very low key. Um, and, uh, and there you have it. Now it's in the movie. It's, it's hard to believe.
0: <laughs> did, did you like
1: all of them? Oh yeah, we got along really well. I mean, like I said, uh, Matt and Willem especially know his work so well that the recording just went really quickly. I mean, I think, I think uh, Willem, that his segment maybe took a total of ninety minutes, start to finish, with wow. all of his contributions for the movie.
0: Oh. Unbelievable! You told me when I wrote about this uh, this remarkable film and the whole sort of remarkable, I find it a remarkable kind of odyssey to get it made. Roy's World, Barry Gifford, Chicago. It was uh, you know, less than a year ago that I wrote about this. And you said, and this is a, just a lovely quote, Rob Christopher, you said, Sometimes I just have to pinch myself about this film. (laughs) I have always believed that the best place to start is by not knowing what might happen. And what has happened here is something very special. This is likely... Do you think, Rob Christopher, about what this might do for your career?
1: (laughs) Uh, Gee, I'm not... Self, you know, You're not pragmatic that. that way. Yeah, I, I will say that uh, whatever my next film, you know, fingers crossed there's going to be a next film. Right. Whatever it's going to be next, I'm not going to try to do the same thing again because this was a, you know, you can't step into the same stream twice. And I would never try to do another film like this.
0: Well, the, I'm, you know, I'm just George,
1: glad that this one turned out.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, George Lucas did that over and over and over again with Star Wars, so, you know, <laughs> you never know. Uh, Rob, you must be. I, I don't know what kind of news you're going to break, uh, and he's going to break it on stage uh, next Sunday at 7 o'clock at the Music Box Theater. Uh, I just think people should see this film, especially, I think it's especially good and rich for anybody who grew up in Chicago at the time Barry did. I mean, I think anybody would like it, uh, but it's going to really, and I'm sure you've heard some of that, it's really going to resonate with people who are of that time, don't you think?
1: Oh, absolutely. And you know, I also want to say that if you don't know who Barry Gifford is or even know anything about that period in Chicago history, this movie is for you. I really designed it so that you could just drop into it, you know, as a blank slate and, and still hopefully enjoy it.
0: Rob, knock him dead, <laughs> knock him dead next Friday, and congratulations, uh,
2: and I'll great be watching. Great to talk to you, Rick. It's Thanks an ongoing time, great please. story. My pleasure. My pleasure.